Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution coming to you from beautiful Nashville, where on Saturday Atlanta United was defeated by Nashville three to nothing at Judas Park. A beautiful stadium, beautiful city, full of beautiful people, and an ugly game for the Five Stripes. It was their second consecutive loss in all competitions, of course followed by the two to one loss to Memphis in the U.S. Open Cup on Wednesday at Kennesaw State's fifth third. Bank Stadium. It was a frustrating performance. It was a disappointing performance for Atlanta against Nashville. It started fairly well. Atlanta United played really well for the first 30 minutes or so, but then Nashville scored on a corner kick in the 36th minute. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Then Teal Bunbury scored in the 56th minute. Tego Amata got one back on a penalty kick in the 72nd minute, and then Nashville finished it off in the first minute of extra time on a slaloming run by Jacob Schaffelberg, assisted by Hani Mukhtar, who really should have gotten three assists in this game, uh, two of them secondary. Atlanta, of course, dominated possession, but lost the expected goals 2.43 to 1.44. They only put two shots on goal, and, of course, one of those was the penalty kick. Of their 17 shots, it just it was a performance reminiscent of last year in a lot of ways. And we're going to get into all that here in a little bit. You're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda. You're going to hear from Brooks Lennon. And I'll share a little bit of, of stuff from Machop Chol, who I got after the game as well. So I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now with the loss and the other results on Saturday, Atlanta is in third, I believe, in the MLS East. Let's triple check that. Yep, they remain in third in the MLS East. So it's not a bad place to be. If you're Atlanta, they're 5-2-3, and three, 19 goals for, 16 goals against, 1.8 points per game, which is still really respectable. Their home form after winning at Nashville, they've only gotten two points from their next four away games, which is probably not going to be good enough. But we're going to get into all that here. First, we're going to listen to Gonzalo Pineda. When I asked him, I think all these are from me. All these questions are from me. Just about the offense. You know, two shots on goal, 
in the past 180 minutes of regulation, Atlanta United has put just three shots on goal, which is not good considering against Nashville, Almada played, uh, Wiley played, Arahujo played. So here's Pineda's answer. I felt that we, we had a lot of attempts on goal. I think there were around eight uh, shots blocked, which was one for them. So, yes, we didn't connect uh, on goal, we didn't frame it, but I think the team tried. I think uh, for certain moments we were good in our distribution and how we break the, the midfield. Mm -hmm. And then we start to be in dangerous areas. It's just the final pass, the final, you know, extra touch in the primacy zones. Actually, I felt that we arrived quite often in the primacy zones, but then the delivery or the movement inside the box wasn't quite there. So we're lacking a little bit of that. And then, you know, when, when you consider goal in set pieces, they start, we know how, how they play. They are very compact in defense. So then it's very difficult um, after that, but still the team tried. Then the second half, I felt that we started in a very strong way and we came, came uh, to a good game. Uh, but then they scored a couple goals in transition and it was, it was uh, just just uphill uh, challenge. Uh, good old sip of Doug coffee. It is the best thing in the history of coffee. So I follow that up by asking Pineda if he's concerned about how the team has played in its past three matches. Yes, of course, of course. I, I feel like uh, we started in a very strong way um, the season. The performance has dropped in probably the last week, I would say that that's it. Um, combined with a couple injuries, key injuries that we have had, and then suddenly we, we haven't played the same. I think that this one uh, wasn't that bad today. We, we were in some moments much better. You know, we were uh, with some rhythm on the ball, occupying certain gaps, and we were dangerous. It's just the, the final touch wasn't quite there. We had good possession, um, but uh, we were f uh, missing a little bit the, the quality in the final third. Uh, that's how I felt the game uh, went. Um, but uh, yes, obviously, we, we have now a long week to prepare Miami, and we will be ready for that one. I think uh, um, today I saw some improvement. Now. I think you can argue, most people would say, Arahujo, again, just didn't bring the goods on Saturday against Nashville. In his past five matches now, he has one assist and no goals. League, league matches, one assist and no goals. If you throw in the U.S. Open Cup, he has two assists in the past six matches, I think. So I was curious to ask Pineda how he would evaluate Arahujo and Almada from the Nashville game. Well, I think uh, Luis had a good first half. He was trying, he was, uh, you know, um, looking in the pockets and trying to get the ball. Then at the, at the beginning of the second half, I think uh, the adjustment that we did when he was a bit more inside, he was dangerous. And then when he started to combine with Thiago, it was good. Uh, but then, you know, a couple decisions in the final pass and that uh, we were missing. Uh, Thiago is a player that, you know, he needs uh, runners off of, uh, of the ball. Uh, I think on the left side we, we did quite well. Brooks was doing good on the right side. I, I think both both did, did a good job. And here's Pineda talking about Machop Chol, who got the start at striker. It was his first time ever in any professional match starting at striker. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was that was the reason. 
I felt that the chop for this game was was better, and then trying to bring uh, Miguel in the second half. Um, today, chop I think did a great job defensively, especially in the first half. Um, we made them adjust. I mean, they started with a four diamond two, and then we were better in the first 15-20 minutes. They adjust to a four for two flat, uh, and from there we we start to lose a little bit of control, especially after the goal. But chop was pivotal for that control in the first 20 minutes, and then I felt that he was just dropping too too deep we needed him to be kind of the outlet in behind and to stretch a bit more that's what he missed tonight but uh, I, I was happy overall his performance I think Miguel came well I think he connected a couple good passes in the final third from there he's dangerous inside the box you just the delivery wasn't wasn't quite there as I mentioned earlier Nashville scored its first goal on a corner kick on a set piece basically on the goal Walker Zimmerman got away from Chol to the near post hit a flick to the back post for FIFA Pakal to volley in. Chole got picked on the play. I did ask him about that. He, he confirmed that he would get picked, but he said he should have done better on marking Zimmerman. But here's Pineda talking about that first goal and if it was anything different than they'd studied on film. There were a couple of things that happened differently compared to what we, what we wanted. Uh, but I mean, we know Zimmerman is dominant in the air, um, and we know that if we if we allow them set pieces, they are dangerous. They have Mukhtar to deliver. They have Zimmerman, uh, um, uh, who's very dominant in those in those duels, and then he wins that header in the first post. There are a couple of things that we can do better because I actually trained that. But but I mean, it happens, and uh, and that was the way we we start to lose the control of the game. And Brooks Lund, who made his 100th appearance for Atlanta United, so that's a pretty fair uh, measure of consistency and success for him, uh, followed up. He always comes after losses uh, if we need somebody to talk, so bless his heart. But here's Lennon's pretty succinct answer on if he's concerned about how the team has played or just about its form in general. Obviously not a great result tonight, but I thought we played well, um, you know, in big chunks of the game. Uh, we got back into the game at 2-1 uh, after getting the, the penalty kick. And, um, you know, we were on the front foot in the second half. Just, um, you know, they caught us on, on a couple set pieces. Well, you know, one in the first half with a, with a corner kick, which we work on, you know, all the time in training. So, um, you know, that one was definitely very frustrating. And then uh, the second one in the second half is comes off a throw-in in, in their defensive half. So, um, yeah, I think if we just button up some of the, you know, key parts of the game, um, you know, we're going to come to these places and get results. But we didn't come here and shy away at all. And here's Lennon on how to get the offense going again. Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, we've been chasing the games at, at those times. So, you know, when you're chasing a game, most teams are probably going to, um, you know, put more defenders on the field like Nashville did today and uh, kind of sit back and, and bunker in and, and try and go for the results. So it's always tough to create, you know, goal scoring opportunities in those situations. But like Gonzalo said, after the game, we, we need to get back to work. We need to get back onto the training field and, um, you know, go over those specific movements and, and patterns of play to, you know, to open up better chances for our team and, and get more shots on target. And, and hopefully that can, uh, you know, create more goals. Now, a lot of you are insistent that the yellow card Linden received directly contributed to Nashville's first goal. I disagree. It had the goal been scored off the set piece from the linen yellow card, I would have said, yep, but it didn't. There was a play that led to the corner kick. But anyway, I asked Lennon uh, if he got any clarification on the yellow card. I could see him walking off the field with uh, referee Joe Dickerson at halftime 
And here was his answer. I thought it was uh, a little bit of a soft yellow for my first foul, um, but that's the decision that he made, and um, you know I got to move on. And here's Lennon talking about Nashville's first goal. And then after this first goal, you could see Landy nodded, and this is this happens under has happened under different managers, but the team's mood you could just see it change. It just they they deflated a little bit, and they started to run out of ideas on offense. But here's Lennon on Nashville's first goal. Yeah, I think they just tried to drag as many players out, um, you know, t- uh, to the front post as, as possible and flick it to the back post, and that's something that we looked on on film, um, you know, this week, this past week. So, yeah, you know, like I said, definitely very frustrating to to concede that way because I thought in the first half we weren't really under that much pressure. They weren't creating that, uh, you know, that many goal scoring opportunities against us. I thought the back line did very well in the first half. Um, so, you know, to concede on a set piece is, is frustrating, but we got a, you know, it's game number 10. We got a lot more left in this season and we got to keep our, keep our heads up, keep moving forward and, um, you know, work as hard as possible to, to get, um, a result next Saturday. And then the other consistency in this game and the Memphis game when discussing the lack of offense is also lacking Yorgo Shakamakis, who was out. Uh, because of the hamstring injury he suffered against Chicago in the previous league match on Sunday. Here's Lennon talking about his impact. Yeah, like you said, it's, um, you know, it's never good to, to miss a guy like, like Gigi. Um, he's been very good for us, obviously, with the numbers that he's had in the past couple of games. Um, but, you know, injuries do happen in, in professional sports, and, uh, you know, we got to – have guys step up in those positions and understand that this is the opportunity to, um, you know, make your place in the team and, and um, you know, create chances for yourself and, and hopefully goals. But, yeah, Gigi's definitely missed, and hopefully he can, you know, come back as, as soon as possible. And then when we come back, I'm going to answer your questions. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, our investigations, our food and dining. You can get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper, and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. We didn't get any call-ins to 770-810-5297. So as excited and happy as Daniel was yesterday in celebrating his grandmother's birthday, and happy birthday to Grandmother Salerson, He is now very sad because his phone did not ring. So I'm very disappointed in all of you. I hope you can feel my disappointment. I hope it's palpable through this podcast. And I know my friends Richard and 
Aaron and Ryan, who'll be driving home from Nashville and listening to this podcast, are also going to be very, very sad. So I hope y'all are happy. The number is 770-810-5297. Make people happy. Call in. Ask questions. All right, on to the questions. Pat Williams, friend of the podcast, says, Luis Abram, it seems our opponent is guaranteed a goal whenever he is inserted. He just does not seem to be in sync with whomever he is paired with. On the third goal, at first it appeared that Miles was tracking the runner, then set up Luis, then set let up as Luis closes well, but then Luis did not finish his run. I saw a look of frustration on Miles' face. Frustrating loss overall. So on the third goal, it was Mukhtar was on the right, played a ball into space for Schaffelberg, who kind of dribbled past Abram, cut inside, kept trucking, uh, got in on goal. Pretty easy finish, pretty easy goal. I didn't even realize that Abram was in. But, yeah, the past couple of games, he started against um, Memphis in the U.S. Open Cup, came on as a sub, and has not looked good. He Maybe he's the type of player that just needs to start consistent minutes. Maybe he's not the best kind of player for a sub. Pat continues, in addition, on the first goal, we should have had a defender out in front of the near post to prevent a play we know they like. And Wiley needs to commit to the more dangerous attacker on the second goal. A few things to clean up, and we can get right back in a roll. But if not, we will continue to slide down the table. Congrats to Brooks on his 100th. So the first goal, again, that Chole is the one who lost Zimmerman. And there were people at the near post. The The ball actually came before the near post. It came uh, a couple of yards short of the near post. And that's where Zimmerman flicked it on to Picot for the uh, volley in. But I get what you're saying, Pat. Greg, uh, I answered this last week, but I'll answer it again on the podcast because Greg is a friend of the podcast. It says, Taylor Twelman somewhat alluded to this, but do you think the only way Atlanta United retains Miles is by making him a DP and offering a commiserate DP contract? No, I don't think Miles wants to stay. Therefore, a DP contract is not going to matter to him. Now, if he goes into the summer and gets no bites on pre-contracts, which he can sign, maybe, but I don't think it's going to happen. Nor do I think Atlanta United would offer him a DP contract. And Greg continues, do you realize everything started going south with the club when Pineda stopped wearing raincoats? Huh. All right. Maybe that's the key. Wearing raincoats. On to Adam, who has quite a few questions. My fear after Wednesday, says Adam, friend of the podcast, was the dreaded letting one loss turn into two effect. I realized that playing at Nashville without Yorgos was a tough challenge, but do you feel the midweek match was a factor either because of fatigue, player changes, or mentality? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, but I, I can see I can see why you would ask that. He continues, giving up two breakaway goals that went almost the full length of the pitch feels inexcusable. Yeah, so on the second goal, it was um, – Mukhtar was played into space by Alex Mule. Most of Atlanta United's players were in Nashville's half. I think it started with a throw-in. Mukhtar got past. He didn't get past. He was being closed down by Parata, and um, I think it was Wiley. or it might have, No, it was Gutman. But Mukhtar got off a shot. Uh, Jop stopped the first shot, but Caleb Wiley was left trying to defend two players and the middle one, uh, Teal Bunbury, got to the rebound and put it in. This uh, Adam's third question. It appeared Arahujo was mildly more effective when going through the middle of the field than out wide. 
Any chance he should be directed there more often? Yeah, Pineda referenced this. You heard it earlier that he thought that once they kind of moved Arahujo more into the – if you divide the field into fourths vertically, I guess that third from the left, that third channel, he was slightly more effective. But still, uh, he, you know, he had a couple of shots, none on goal. I can't remember. Let's see if he – I don't think he – he may have created one chance, I think, in the game. Two chances. He created two chances. But he is definitely in a slump. And I don't, I don't quite know how to get him out of the slump. But Pineda's going to have to make a choice soon, I think, as to whether he's going to start or, or maybe get a, a break in the Miami game and just try to maybe watch from afar and see what happens. Adam's fourth question. We need to track the number of times players get the ball in the box but then fail to get off a shot. Surely Derek Etienne has to lead the league in that category. Yeah, I tweeted last night that sometimes Atlanta United just makes things too complicated on offense, and Etienne was involved in a play. He came on as a sub. He had a chance to shoot, made a pass. I think it might have been to Lennon. Lennon had a chance to shoot, made a pass. By that time, Nashville's defense was kind of reset again, and the next player who shot, it was blocked. It was just, ah. And then Adam continues, what's the best option for spiking some of Doug's coffee? Well, you know, a little Irish cream is always good. I'm having some Doug's coffee not with Irish cream right now because I'm driving home. After I run over to Parlor Donuts and get some donuts. Um, but a little Irish cream is always appreciated. Let's go on down and get some more questions. Ivis. What are some examples of good in-game adjustments that Pineda made versus Nashville? Well, when they moved Arahujo inside, uh, the offense got going again. I thought the team started well against Nashville. They, they I don't want to say dominated play, but they, they held their own, which is t- hard to do in a road game. Uh, I mean, if you're looking for something specific, I, I can't give you something specific. I have to rewatch the game because I wasn't really thinking about that. But I think you're trying to imply that Pineda isn't a good in-game manager. And I just I don't have an opinion on that yet. Mike says, if we don't have both Almada and Yorgos on the field, our performances are just bad. There is simply very little playmaking and scoring without them. That's my only comment I'd like for you to address on the pod. Well, to be fair, they are designated players. So they're supposed to be difference makers. That's the whole point in spending the money on those types of players. Finding a backup striker in any league, especially – one that salary capped is difficult. If there were people out there that are proven goal scorers and consistent goal scorers, number one, they wouldn't be starting on the bench. They wouldn't be a backup. Uh, and, and number two, somebody would try to get them as a starter. So uh, if you're talking about Chole not not getting a shot off or, or Barry not scoring, there's a reason that backup strikers in MLS are backup strikers in MLS. Uh, as for Amada, he's one of the best players in the league, though Mukhtar – you know, really outplayed him yesterday in the battle of current MVP versus possible MVP. And you heard Pineda talk about Almada needs runners. And he just, there weren't a whole lot of runners yesterday. And here is our question of the day. From Nick. I'm interested in how you'd rank all of the Atlanta sports teams and how close they are to winning a championship in their league. Obviously, the Braves are number one, but how would you rank two through four? Thanks, and I hope you enjoyed your trip to Nashville. Hmm. 
Interesting question. So we're only focusing on, for this, because this is his question, the Falcons, the Hawks, the Braves, and Atlanta United. I don't think there's an intent to exclude the Atlanta Dream or the rugby team whose name escapes me or any other professional teams in Atlanta. We're just focusing on these big four. So, yeah, the Braves are our number one. I think I would put Atlanta United uh, number two because I do think this team still has a lot of potential. It's just got to get its head straightened out. Uh, the Falcons, you know, they, they did decently in free agency. The draft is too early to know how these players are going to wind up. I think the Falcons make the playoffs, but I, I still think there's some more talented teams in the NFC that maybe not this year, but the year after they might be able to get to. The Hawks um, are my fourth. Uh, you know, I have this uh, debate with Justin, who's a big NBA fan, uh, Atlanta United Communications leader, Justin, about the quality of NBA basketball today compared to when I was watching it as a kid. And I just I don't think it's good basketball anymore. I, I think that it's the players lack fundamentals. Um, I think most of the time it's just kind of the play is dribble into the lane, jump up to the air, and pass it for somebody to shoot a three-pointer. You don't see a lot of set plays. You don't see a lot of post play. You don't see a lot of mid-range jumpers. You don't see any defense. Uh, you know, Justin likes to say, well, the players are more skilled than they were. And I, I disagree. I just think that's – a lot of them can shoot three-pointers, but really, that's about the only skill. I would love to see an NBA team play uh, like a championship team from a league in Argentina or Spain or Israel or Russia or France just to see a difference in how they play what I think basketball, how basketball should be played versus how it's being played today. So the Hawks will be fourth because I think they're the epitome of a team that just kind of plays – like a, a, a the modern style of basketball against a whole lot of teams that also play that. And the Hawks, while they have some talent, just don't have enough talent. So anyway, that's my thoughts. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Uh, if you're driving home from Nashville or will be driving home from Nashville, be safe. Atlanta United will play at Miami next Saturday. I'll be there in lovely Boca Raton slash Fort Lauderdale for that match. Uh, I'll be surprised if we see Joseph Martinez. Miami won yesterday, and Campana scored two goals. So he is not going to be coming out of that starting lineup unless he suffers an injury. All right, hug your loved ones, communicate your loved ones. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Y'all take care. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. 
The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.